0: been fascinated by talking to creative people, those who think differently, understand uniquely, and see the world in their own way. Now, don't get me wrong. I love what creatives produce, but often the story behind the story is what really inspires me, because I want to know where ideas come from, because that's where the magic happens. That's the creative backstory. Welcome to The Creative Backstory, I'm Kelly Planer and I am super hard pressed to come up with an appropriate yet brief intro for our guest today Tasha Schreiner because her talent knows very few boundaries. Um, She is a visual artist and photographer but also a gifted writer. Her vision of the world is inspiring and it's always fun to get together for those few times we actually do get to do that. So that's another secret reason why she's here. And uh, she's been really busy lately. During the pandemic, she has self-published not one, not two, but three picture books, all designed to educate, entertain, and make the world a better place. What strikes me the most about Tasha is that she's really passionate about her causes. And I don't want to say more except uh, let's talk about Saving the Bees. Welcome, Tasha. Thank you so
1: much, Kelly. It's honestly an honor to be here with you. And I feel like all of those things that you just said to describe me, I can say right back at you. So
0: thank you. And I think that's maybe why we get along so well, because we're also we're we have all kinds of irons in the fire. Genes of many traits. Yes. (laughs) Yes. So let's talk about you're, I feel like you're getting the most traction, at least here in eastern Pennsylvania and probably many other places, and nationally I've heard you interviewed on NPR, about a book called The Magical Mystical Bees, which is not only beautifully drawn, but thoughtfully written, and it contains a lot of Here's what you can do to solve the problem. What, what's, what's wrong with the bees? What's happening to the bees? For anybody who lives under a rock and maybe doesn't know.
1: <laughs> well, we're losing our bee populations at alarming numbers every year. And um, there's a number of ideas as to why. Um, but we also know that there's very simple things that each of us can do to help. Uh, bees find habitat and and safe sanctuary.
0: And I have to say, I'm just going to say this as a confession. Lately, we've had some carpenter bee problems at my house. They've been eating my fence, and I I need to come up with an alternative to what happened. But I'm so shocked that this worked that I can't I can't even I'm just so surprised that this worked. But my husband found something that said. Carpenter bees don't want to share their territory with hornets because hornets are nasty and territorial, where carpenter bees are not nasty, they're just territorial. So, he he found a thing where it said if you take a paper bag and stuff it and then hang it outside, the carpenter bees will immediately think that this is a hornet's nest and they will leave. And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, whatever." So, Dave takes a paper bag and stuffs it with something and hangs it on our fence, which makes us look like we don't care because <laughs> it looks like trash hanging out there. But all the carpenter bees moved out. And I feel bad because I really should find a block of cedar and, and, like our friend Mike McGrath said, drill a few holes in it and let them live in there. But I haven't done that yet, but now I'm going to because the magical mythical bees
1: that that's incredible though i didn't know that in such a simple solution to uh
0: right it was just like please leave bees and and they were just like see ya (laughs) because we fooled them and now i have to make i feel like i have to make a a hornet's nest that looks a little more attractive than dave's very trashy looking paper bag but (laughs) it was genius dave i know you're listening to this it was genius yet trashy but that's my life i love it (laughs) (laughs) so you wanted to why did you want to what kind of inspired you to, to write about bees and we'll talk about other things too but let's just we'll talk about bees first
1: uh it was definitely a process um i feel like it started with planting flowers up at my grandparents farm a few years ago um my children and my cousins and I planted fields of wildflowers in honor of my grandmother, and um, just spending time out with those flowers and out with nature uh, back in the fields, it really made me appreciate our pollinators. And then, as a draw of a hat would have it, my sons uh, entered a film contest that fall and their topic was save the bees and I'll never forget when they drew that out of the hat the woman looked at us and smiled and she's like I think this topic was meant for you guys um so my sons uh one was five at the time and one was 11 they made this film about saving the bees and it is
0: precious
1: thank you it is precious
0: this little kid yelling around save the bees (laughs) it's just so fun I'm gonna put a link up on the Facebook page so you can see the but it is must-see viewing
1: yeah and and if anything is going to grab a mama's heart about the plate of the bees and the plate of the future that we're handing our children it's watching your five-year-old list off all of the amazing gifts that we have that we stand to lose if we don't be proactive and start being Uh, friends to you know our our smallest voiceless neighbors and the pollinators really play an important part in uh in our lives and our future so I think that that was probably the first hallmark and then if we fast forward um about a year and a half or two years later um last March beginning of April uh, you know pandemic is happening we're all stuck at home Uh, any ambitions that we have the door has kind of been shut and um, I woke up one morning with a very simple ambition I just wanted to go out and work our garden and get it ready for planting and I rounded the corner of our stables and there was an entire swarm of bees in our yard and um, I wish I could say that I was celebratory and So happy that they were there, but I had an adult temper tantrum and, um, a quiet introverted one, but, you know, just, I, I wanted to work in my garden and they were there in the way. Um, and I feel like, you know, we talk about the still small voice and I just really had a moment out there, um, in my garden, And I I felt like God was saying that the intentions of those bees far outweigh my ambitions. And it was a really, really centering moment because uh, it it leveled the the world, you know? And um, I don't know. It was a time in life that not a lot made sense to any of us. And any time that the world you know, stopped making sense. Um, I channeled my imagination and my creativity because, you know, it can be a downward or upward spiral, and I channeled it into creating this book and and trying to use my voice and whatever talent I have to help
0: give a voice to the bees. And I feel like You did something that I think is, is really difficult. Like you had many things to say about the the bees, but also about greater ecology and, and a really interesting way of, of thinking about even, even the way this book, which is a normal size picture book, but even how it functions. So talk about, talk about the illustration first. Well, what uh, came first? Was it the illustration or the the, the text?
1: That's a really good question. I. Th- Think that they kind of evolved simultaneously because I had this idea of a conversation between a grandmother and her granddaughter set in the future and um, very much reminiscent of my own past uh, spending time out in the fields at the farm and um, yeah so I I think that the words and the imagery kind of came uh, at the same time Um, and. I, so I started jotting down the text and, uh, I started painting on paper bags, uh, you know, because again we were in lockdown, so I had to get a little bit creative, and I'm so grateful for that. You know, when we have some limitations, um, I feel like it, it often makes things more creative and, and better. So um, I I did all of the illustrations on a pile of paper bags that we had been like saving grocery up, grocery bags, grocery is bags. Good thing yeah, because you don't
0: see too many of those paper grocery bags anymore, <laughs> but I think. You know, so it's got this brown and bright yellow kind of look to it, but it's so clever and fun. But then, you know, what's, what's so interesting is the book starts at the end, so the book is actually backwards, so the spine is on the right, which is super interesting. I've not seen it done in this context before. I know there are cultural books that do that, but not this way, you know.
1: Oh, thanks! And yeah, that uh, that actually came well into the process when I was working on the cover illustration, and I was hours into uh, what became the book jacket, and realized that what I was putting on the back cover actually should be the the front cover. And so I stared at it for a little while, and again, you know that um, whole game that we play with creative problem solving and just letting, uh, an idea incubate a little bit. And, um, it almost just made sense that the entire story read backwards because the story that I was writing, um, it, it it starts in the future and works its way back to here and now and, and what we can all do to make a difference and change the end of the story.
0: Mm -hmm. And we still have a little bit of time if we're, if we're, if we're, if we honor it, correct? Can we save the bees?
1: I, I definitely believe so. I believe that you know there's so many things that simple things that each of us can do to do our part and uh, that that's where we're at you know we can all be proactive in even just planting native flowers in our backyard and there's a lot of really amazing people working on these projects and trying to get the
0: community involved and well and one of them is is you i kind of want you to read a little bit from the story so people can kind of get into it a little bit. So I don't know if you just want to read a couple pages that are your favorites or a little bit before we get, and then we'll talk about your big page where you just tell people, hey, you want to fix it? This is what you do, which is great for a children's book, because you spelled it out so nicely that everybody can kind of learn something from this oh thank
1: you um yeah I think I'll start at the beginning because uh, the second page in is definitely my favorite um grandma I heard a story of a magical mythical bee do you know how this tale goes could you share it with me my child the bees were never a myth but they were magical no doubt when I was a girl in a flower field you could still hear them buzzing about Grandma, now wait, you mean flowers were real too? Oh yes, my love, thanks to the bees, all kinds of flowers grew. Not only that, but you could eat a whole rainbow. Thanks to the bees, all kinds of fruit would grow. Really, Grandma, a rainbow you could eat? Yes, my dear child, it was wonderful and sweet. Purple, blue, green, orange, yellow, and red, thanks to the bees we were bountifully fed. Wherever the bees flew, there was magic all around, sweet treasures just waiting, springing up from the ground. You could pick snacks right off of the trees, magic and wonder all thanks to the bees, Apple, peach, pear, plum, clementine, each taking their turn to announce
0: summertime. That's great. And then you get into kind of how that happens in pollination. But then there's a great page toward the end that talks about help a hive come alive. And it gives you some great ideas about being beekeepers or writing to your congressmen uh about ecology and about um helping the bees in their natural habitats thrive so we don't come to the conclusion that is what your hope is never happens through this book which i love so talk about some of the other things like you've kind of taken this show on the road i you know you've been interviewed on npr and you've been doing some i see you're doing something at Pool coming up. Talk a little bit about where this book, what doors this book is open for you. Because I love that as part of an artistic vision, kind of taking flight.
1: Oh, thank you. Yeah, I've really been so grateful for all of the opportunity that the book has opened, and I feel like the reason I created this book is because I feel like the power of a good children's book is to gather people. You know, whether it's. Um, a child and a parent at bedtime or if it's community you know and uh what i tried to do in the book is to express things in a child like nature full of wonder uh that can you know almost help educators and scientists uh connect with the heart of children and, and take away some of the fear of bees so yeah tomorrow i'm working with pool wildlife sanctuary um my children and i we've worked with our local government um in helping to create a, or expand upon a local park um and native plants that they have planted there as a wildlife, uh, preservation. And, uh, my daughter and I, we painted giant bee wings for that park and they're putting up some new signage to help make it more of an educational experience. So yeah, I've been really grateful.
0: It's <laughs> amazing. So you kind of just taken a book and, and a, a film and some public art and some, some, some real work with the government and real work educating. Like this is this is like an artist dream. Oh. Isn't
1: it? Thanks. I mean. I'm definitely grateful. It's been a, a really great adventure. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I just think that the community and the advocacy that's coming out of this is a real I've heard a lot of guests on the podcast talk about the the role and responsibility of of the artist and and the creative person and I feel like you've kind of embodied that in in some big ways like how do you define the role of the artist?
1: That is an amazing question um,
0: that I probably should have sent you last week.
1: <laughs> no, no, I actually I I remember being in art school and being a young Christian and feeling. I, I, I wrote a big, long paper on it, and I feel like the role of the artist, I mean, we've been given these imaginations that can see things differently, and we're usually really perceptive, and I feel at least my role as an artist, you know, um, some of the best work that we can do is to step outside of the box and see things from a different point of view hopefully a better point of view and call people forward to do their part in creating a a better future you know a brighter future and and that can go into any like facet of society but art has this amazing ability to make people think about themselves and their viewpoints and the world around them and you know you're releasing something out there into the world that anyone can have an experience with and be inspired to create in their own way and yeah (laughs) Mm -hmm.
0: and I think it's cool that you 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 bring your kids with you on this journey I mean, more outside, more than your son Noah being with us today. Hello, Noah. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> in our magical studio, in our magical mystical studio at Chessahub.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm, I, I love my kids, and they're uh, definitely along for the journey. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: um, so let's talk about some of your other projects with your busy pandemic year you i kind of like the story behind your book my house plants whisper wisdom and i feel like every page on this book as well as sunny which is the story about of life and love about a sunflower and the Bee book any one of these pages would make a great t-shirt line and i feel like it's coming <laughs> oh,
1: thanks, Kelly. <Callie.
0: laughs> I'm just telling you, just everybody. Write to Tasha and tell her you want some plant T-shirts that say "You Got This Boo" or my favorite "Alleluia, <laughs> Alleluia, A L O E, Luya."
1: <laughs> You're so fun.
0: <laughs> so, you wrote a book about house plants. How did this come about? Ah. Uh,
1: this was inspired by a good friend of mine that just takes so much joy in her houseplants and different texts that she would send me with new plants. And um, I mean, I guess really there were a couple friends and then I started See, realizing. This friend
0: and I always talk about chickens, which is just another aspect. I had no That's idea true. she was a houseplant girl. <laughs> like, you know, funny.
1: Yeah, and I, uh, you know, truth be told, I'm not great with houseplants, but I really love them and drawing them was so much fun. Uh, I just really enjoyed drawing the different types of houseplants and giving them little personalities and then playing with the puns and, uh, you know, houseplants kept a lot of people sane through 2020 and brought a lot of joy and I love that connection that people are getting their hands in the dirt and uh growing.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I remember I'm not like you. I am not good at house plants. I can't. They seem to live for a couple of months, but if I give you the list of house plants that I've killed like it's very sad, but I like the idea. I try. I try so hard. But I like the one, there's a page full of houseplants with smiling containers. And then it says, even when things really suck, S-U-C-C as in succulent, we stick together and make our own luck. And that's kind of cute and fun. But I did grow grass last year. I had, I took out, there was a, a portion of my backyard that I couldn't I was finding untenable and it had a lot of things in it, mostly weeds and thorns that I couldn't get a a hold of. So I decided to return it to yard. So we bought the grass seed and I'm out there like three times a day watering it. And when it first started to grow, there's like a quarter inch of little grass fuzz. I can't tell you the joy. I just, I just, I see this little fuzz of green and I just yell, Dave, you have to come see this. He goes, is the grass growing? And I'm like, it is.
1: <laughs> so, I totally something. feel you in that. Yeah, uh, when, when we grew zinnias at the farm for the first time, I remember being down on my knees and just looking at the little seedlings coming up. And I think my uncles who, you know, they're the true farmers, I, I think they had a good laugh at me. But yeah, it, it's just so much joy and to see new life coming up. From the ground. <laughs> well,
0: it's, it's 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 not creation per se, but it is definitely something out of nothing, you know. And that's amazing. So, and then, so this is a great book. I think this would make a great gift, not to mention t-shirts and things like that. Alleluia. Um, for anybody who has a good house plan, or, or, you know, if I manage to keep a house plan alive for a year, which... My Christmas cactus just died. I'm sorry to say. I did my best. It was a gift, and I did my best, and I kind of had a moment when I had to like drop it in the trash because it was all gone. It was kind of like a small, very quiet funeral. So I'm sorry. I know. <laughs> sorry. This is all my plant, my plant biz coming up. <laughs> so Sunny, what's up? What's up with little Sunny? I love, I love Sunny as a sunflower seed. It's very peaceful in the, she's very peaceful in the earth.
1: Thank you. Yeah, I love sunny. Sunflowers are my absolute favorite. Um, I planted thousands of seeds when I was deep in grief, and the act of planting just became almost holy to me and I really fell in love with seeds and um, I know it's funny to jump from that to making a sunflower seed into a sweet little cartoon-like illustration but I feel like flowers can teach us so much about life Um, when we watch their life cycle and the value of their life that they're not striving for anything they just are and they're so beautiful Um, and especially sunflowers their entire life is dedicated to seeking the light and pointing others in that direction Um, so Sunny follows this little seed's journey uh, from when she's a seed through her growth process and then uh, dying back to the earth but not before she leaves um, all of her little seeds behind to create new life and
0: Right, and you say, and, you know, at some point, as Sunny grows, you actually have to turn the book from its side to side to an up and down because she grows so big. And then, as she gets a little older, and, you know, I'm getting there myself, so I'm, there's one point where it says, it might be too early to tell you this, but one day your beauty will fade. Some things are temporary, some are eternal. Faith, hope, and love will remain. Even when things grow dark, you're never alone. Love surrounds you, and then the seeds start falling from sunny. And the promise within you that love never fails, and then there's a new sunny coming up. So it kind of talks about that hope and that cycle of life that's so lovely, and and then the bees come along. So I feel like you've written, you know, you've written about nature from all sides. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
1: oh, <laughs> thanks. I, I find a lot of joy in, in flowers yeah. and pollinators. <laughs>
0: Good. So I'm going to change the subject because there are some stories about, about you, Tasha, that I find so charming. I feel like from a process perspective, I find them so encouraging as ways to get us thinking about how to spread some joy in our town. Now, you used to... Spend your summers at the beach drawing caricatures of people, right? I did. How long? <laughs> how long did you you did that for a long time? Yeah,
1: I was there at least a a decade. Um, um yeah, at least ten years. <laughs>
0: and one day, I don't know how this story. I think your husband John put this story up on Facebook, and I was just so charmed by it because you also do photography, and you had a, um, and someone came up to you and said I want to propose now whose idea was this because the idea was that I want to propose to my girlfriend but I want you to help me I'm just going to let you tell this story because you're probably better at this
1: no no you were doing great um oh, thanks <laughs> I, I I love that you remember this story this from so good. long ago because it's it's honestly one of the most precious moments in my life um this uh amazing guy Sam came up to me on the boardwalk and said he wanted to propose to uh, his girlfriend and so he had this idea for that they would sit down for a character and he asked me to draw him down on one knee like in the sketch uh out on the beach and then put a speech bubble in the sketch saying will you marry me um and so, good. so That's my, my Pay hu- attention
0: boys yeah
1: <laughs> yes <laughs> So uh, little did Sam know that my husband and I are also wedding photographers. So I'm like, oh, I could have my husband come up with the kids and the telephoto and get some photos of all of this. And um, it was such an amazing moment. She had no idea. I mean, who would? You're sitting down for a character on the boardwalk, and I will never forget her face when I flipped over the drawing. The best
0: thing was that he wasn't. His wasn't the only speech balloon. You left hers. Mm-hmm. And you left it blank waiting for her answer, which thank... Goodness, it was yes. Because <laughs> it would have been a real bummer to put no in there. <laughs> yeah, that, that would have been terrible.
1: I, I, I had it in good mind that that he would get his yes, but.
0: <laughs> well, here's the hope, and and she did say yes, and then you drew yes in, and they you sent them away with their drawing. Did you photograph their wedding?
1: We weren't able to. Uh, it was uh, I think down in Virginia, and the right. stars just didn't align. But yeah, I'm I was so grateful to be part of that moment of their lives.
0: (laughs) It was the best, and that was so clever of him. It's kind of nice. I like the idea. You know, we always think about artists working in a vacuum, but it's not true. Like, I think creativity comes from so many different places, and which is why I love this story so much, is he had this idea you got to share, there got to be pictures, I got to read about it, and, you know, we're still talking about it what, 10 years later,
1: you know? Yeah. yeah, creativity really is so amazing that way. You never know when you follow an idea what that's going to lead you to. And
0: Yeah, and I think, you know, as far as creative advocacy, I think, do you trust the process that this is getting out, and how do you know if it's working? And I feel like our jobs as creatives is just to be obedient to the idea and to put it out there Uh, but it is nice to see what happens so what are some times as you're writing books any of these books either sunny and I know these are pretty new so maybe some of the other books I know you you put out a, a lovely book about the ABCs of Ocean City which is if you spend a lot of time there it's a nice little keepsake to have like do people come up to you after and tell you about their experience with your book
1: they have yeah the abcs of ocean city uh i published 10 years ago and there's been such sweet stories that have come from that someone sent me a video of their five-year-old reading it and said that they read it every night and that the book actually helped him learn to read and uh another um we were just in Ocean City in two thousand and nineteen for a book signing. and a couple came up to me with their older kids now, you know, i I want to say ten and thirteen. And they're like, we used to read this book all the time when they were little. And you know, now these older kids, they they remembered reading the book. and um, I that book was such, a fun part to be the, a process of because Ocean City, New Jersey is just so dear to so many people's lives and families. So to be able to create something that could help people gather around those amazing moments that they had shared there, it, it was fun to be part of. <laughs>
0: uh, and it's packed full of, there's so many things. It's like a where's Waldo of just Ocean City stuff. Like I can't, <laughs> I can't imagine the games and the the, f- the fun that they had with that. So, you know, is that kind of, that was your first book?
1: That was, That was yeah. the first book. And that was inspired by working on the boardwalk and people watching. And we had come from another beach that the culture didn't hold as much joy. And when we got to Ocean, it was a party town. And when we got to Ocean City in New Jersey, just watching all of the, The wholesome, good fun that families were having, it was really inspiring. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, that's nice. And it's nice to kind of bring that to an audience. Like, I would, I kind of wonder, you know, what's the farthest you've heard from somebody about any one of your books that they've gotten some of your books? Because I know that, you know, you've gotten some good press about these, especially the B book
1: um the bee book one of my favorite stories is a mom in London wrote to me through Instagram that her little boy used to be totally afraid of bees which is a familiar story in our house as well and so they started reading this book and a a switch flipped in him and she said that now when they do their morning walks he'll look for bees and he'll look for flowers that that the bees would enjoy and for safe spaces and I mean that that is exactly that's the fulfillment of my hopes when I was sitting on my back porch last year drawing it and writing it
0: you did it (laughs) hallelujah so you know what are the things that when you think of your life as a creative what are the kind of tools that you kind of have have stowed in your toolkit that you really that have really helped you work Aww. and helped you keep mindful about what's going on.
1: Um, I think that mine, so not actual tools, but
0: just words to live by. Words to found live by. Creative like <laughs> things that have really helped you along. Like uh, you know, I think somebody told me once. I'm I. I can't remember what I made a mistake early as a writer. And the guy I was working for, I just said, oh, I did that. And he's like, Kelly, I think maybe I asked him, why do you put up with me? He goes, we're all the same. <laughs> and that has sort of flipped a switch in me. I'm like, we're all the same. I tell that to everybody now. We're all the same. <laughs> you know? I love that. It sort of helped me just, you know, cut myself a little slack. I don't know. What yeah.
1: Um, I think definitely my first word is wonder, um, I, I wrote a quote here and it says, uh, it's from Albert Einstein and he says, I have no special talent. I'm just passionately curious. And I love that. And I feel like, uh, when I was eight years old, I read an Eric Carle book and it just really, really inspired me and helped me understand myself in the world a bit more. And, um, I don't know that childlike curiosity has never left me. You know, there are so many amazing, beautiful, uh, magical things in our world. And, you know, if you just spend a bit more time with them and allow them to inspire you and and dive deeper, um, wonder is definitely, or curiosity.
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I know that that's kind of, you know, driven a lot of your children's books i mean and i think maybe i'll ask you before we get to the rest of the tools in the kit i know your kids have been great sources of help and inspiration as you write do you want to talk about that a little and we can see how you put their wonder into your work
1: yeah they they definitely have uh we as of recently, have become a homeschool family, so that sense of curiosity is a family thing. And now that we live in the age of Google and Google Lens, you know that you can just go out for nature walks and dive deeper and deeper into what humankind knows about the world around us. Um, uh, yeah, we, you know, we've we've told stories and created stories together for since they were little. And right now I'm working on one with my daughter uh, that we hope to have wrapped up pretty soon. And it's about a Myrnacorn And uh, mernie has been, you know, this creature of our joint imagination. And I kind of gave her the role of art director since the time she was five years old. So it's been a really fun process of uh, just seeing how she brings this character to life differently than I would and collaborating with a 5-year-old, a 6-year-old. A she's 10 now, so, yeah. Has
0: she? <laughs> and did she say anything? Like, I find little kids say things, say things in ways that just make you think. Um, did she say anything that kind of, you're just like, well, I never thought of that. I remember my niece used to say funny things like... I, I was erasing a pencil line, and she goes, Mom, Aunt Kelly's drawing upside down. You know, I guess I am. Oh, I love that. I know. <laughs> I know.
1: Um, I, I, yeah, Annika has definitely brought her own unique perspective. I think she really changed what uh, Marnie, what I envisioned Marnie looking like. And I remember one of the coolest ideas that she had, was that Marnie should kind of change color to reflect her emotions because Marnie is a pretty emotional creature, as we all are. We're all the same. same. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I think... Aniko is probably seven when we were drawing, and she's like, "I think she should almost be like blank and then sometimes she gets blue and sometimes she gets pink and uh, that evolved a little bit almost into like the water around Mernie. but I thought that was such a neat uh, idea to come from a little
0: kid. and Well, you know off the bat that little kids will relate to that because a little kid thought of it. Yeah, Which is cool. So that's good wonder. That's good wondering. Oh. What's next in the box?
1: Um, I think next in the box is definitely Grace. Uh, I, you know, growing up, life, was as a child, life wasn't really easy or safe. And the blank page and a pencil was always safe. Um, it just felt like the place that I could be myself and... Uh, express whatever was going on and even escape into these happy imaginary worlds and um I know that you know that probably isn't part of everyone's creative process because there's always comparison that comes and and kills our creative spark but for me uh creativity has always been met with a source of grace it's it's been my safe place of of hiding and I'm so grateful for that (laughs)
0: Yeah, yeah, that's good, and I think, I feel like for those times when, you know, I like to get in some places and just make a mess, like my laundry room is just where I paint, and it's a stupid place to paint, but it's what I got, you know, (laughs) because my laundry is supposed to not be, I can't tell you how much, how many of my clothes have paint on them because that's where I paint, but, uh, you know, it's just so much fun to splash around color and, you know just do stuff yeah explore it's kind of amazing <laughs> what comes out and it is it's it is safe because if I don't like it I don't have to show anyone or I can fix it up or it'll lead me somewhere else or you know or it'll give me another idea like bad ideas always lead to good ideas and I like that about yeah the I idea. That. I feel like that could be the definition of grace bad ideas lead to good ideas it's not quite right, but it's it's in there. It's in the ballpark. Yeah, I, I feel it. <laughs> so, okay, all right, what's number three?
1: Number three are two tangible objects, um, depending on, like, which creative process so I want to say sharpie marker even though I don't work with sharpies very much anymore I did for 10 years drawing characters and that was you know there was always a crowd watching me and you were working in sharpie so you couldn't erase so again like you had to treat it like there were no mistakes you know you just went with the creative process and made the most of it and and I don't know, jumped into that adventure of where is this thing going to go, you know? Um, But then to counteract that, the other one is eraser. So when I'm working at home, I work with a pencil and er and an eraser, and I think the eraser kind of leads back to that grace thing, you know? Like, you, you can't get it wrong. You're exploring. You're living life to its fullest there on the paper. And if it's not exactly like you wanted either go with it and see where it leads or you have an eraser like this beautiful little invention that we came up with and you can take a step back and tweak where you're going
0: (laughs) I didn't hadn't thought about the I liked I always liked the idea of watching artists work and that's why everybody watches caricature artists because it's quick and if you have the attention span of a gnat, you know, you just move on, but you watch for a little bit. But I hadn't thought about it from the artist's perspective as like, well, I can't screw up. And I don't know how you, you know, I don't know how caricature artists do it. Like I try sketching. Most of my sketches do not look like they're intended. They never do. But I'm not that kind of doodler. So I think that's interesting. What happens if you make a mistake?
1: It, drawing characters, uh, I mean, there's a few times that I had to start over, but really, I think it's just a matter of training your mind to go with it and, and bring it back around somehow. Um, I, I'm i tempted because it's you, Kelly, and you'll appreciate this story to tell you <laughs> the worst character experience I ever had. Oh, I think Noah could remember this one. Uh It was in Seaside Heights, and I was drawing a double sketch with bodies, so it was probably like a half-hour sketch, and I was putting the finishing touches on it, and a seagull just let loose, right over my easel, all down the page, and there was a crowd watching me. (laughs) I, yeah... So that, that one got crumbled up, and it also backsplashed on me. So that, that was a process of reinventing the work and starting from scratch. but
0: <laughs> Yeah, but that wasn't your fault. No. <laughs> Which makes but it, it was worse. really embarrassing. <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure I'm sure the crowd was devastated for you too.) <laughs> As were it, it was Seaside up.
1: Heights they were laughing at me but
0: <laughs> oh, seaside heights. oh that's so funny well you know we live and we learn was the second drawing better
1: I I want to I want to hope so the people were lovely and we had a great time together so
0: <laughs> <laughs> good see you remembered the good things but I'm sorry, a seagull came and <laughs> judged your work. It's life, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's life. <laughs> I had I had a te- it's so weird. I had a teacher in high school. It's weird that I'm thinking about her. But she told a story once about how she got a grade on a paper that she thought was worse than she deserved, and she took it to her professor, and they were outside, and she's like, "I think this is better." And at that time, uh, same thing. A oh bird my God! Just dropped on it, and she just looked at him. She goes. I guess there's nothing left to say. <laughs> That's amazing. But I've always remembered that story. Is probably like 33 years old. So you know, <laughs> it's a good one. A lot can happen, we just have to be ready. So, yeah. What is your What is your advice for young creatives coming up who are either interested in art and making a career out of any creative mode or Or just even people who just want to get the things in their head out in a tangible way. What's your advice for them?
1: I think just do it. I mean, we live in such an amazingly strange time in history. You can learn all of the things from the internet and practice and dedication. So if you love something, just spend time with it and... Um, give yourself to it and see where it takes you
0: (laughs) talk about self-publishing tell me a little bit about how it works and and what are the benefits of self-publishing over maybe finding someone else and then or a book publisher
1: um well I chose self-publishing because we went the self-publishing route 10 years ago with the ABCs of Ocean City and it just felt comfortable to me and um yeah so we went really old school in the sense of we worked with a printer and had the books uh printed in bulk ourselves and uh so now I'm networking with bookstores and schools and uh trying to market them that way because my hope was for this to be a gathering point of community um, I thought that you know it it might make sense to go the self-publishing route with the magical mythical bees uh, because the books would be right there with me when I'm uh, working with communities
0: oh see I didn't even think about that I I think about self-publishing as a way to just kind of for an artist to sit down and go through it. And I'm not saying it's a control thing, but I think I sort of am, but not in a bad way that you get to kind of art direct and you have a vision and it goes this way. But I like the idea that you did this so you could have kind of access.
1: I -hmm. think that you probably touched on something that didn't come to me at first about what led me to self-publishing. But I mean, my entire life, uh, I, I've been an entrepreneur and kind of working by myself. So I guess that came most naturally to me. And yeah, to see a process through from idea and vision to the, the final product.
0: And you think someday that might change a little? As you're...
1: Uh, yeah, I'm definitely contemplating that. Um, I, you know, like we said when we started, we're both Janes of many hats, and as I'm homeschooling our children and taking care of our wedding photography couples, um, I'm realizing that after you release a book into the world, there's so much marketing and networking, and uh, I just, I can't do all of the things well, so I'm definitely... um, at a point where I'm reevaluating uh, how to birth the next couple books into the world, so um, personally, I am thinking about reaching out to to agents and seeing how to enter that world of publishing. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and traditional I, well, and, publishing, and you can definitely see the benefits. I mean, especially with a book like ABCs of Ocean City, it's kind of, it's very, it's very bound by place on the by a map and a place on the planet, and what subject matter you talk about. You're not talking about a general beach; you're talking about this beach and Asbury, and you know, and the boardwalk at Ocean City. But I, you know, it it's interesting because there are so many things in in your your books that I see they're so universal, and to have, you know, I can understand having that, that backing and that distribution network would be nice because I think, you know, as far as children's books, yours could be among, among the, the good ones and mm-hmm. everywhere, as many places as they could be. So good luck as you, as you pursue all that, and if any agents are listening... Thank you, Kelly. Tasha, t- <laughs> Tasha Schreiner, you know
1: <laughs> that's her name.
0: <laughs> and uh, but I think you know your books will find their place either way. Let's just you know, but I do think maybe that will that will help as you come up with some universal topics. Not that it's my decision. I just talk too much, you know.
1: <laughs> your talking is full of wisdom. So keep keep talking. Keep keep talking.
0: So. <laughs> anything that you haven't done creatively that you think would be a a fun uh, exercise in something new
1: uh like completely different medium or other Whatever. books
0: topic I, wise medium wise I
1: I definitely have a pile of books that I've been nesting over the last decade because uh, you know I was raising babies during that decade and life, Feels a little bit more manageable now, so um, yeah, creatively, there's definitely stories that I would love to have the time to sit down and and bring to life.
0: <laughs> Good. Well, write lots of books so people can have their Tasha Schreiner collection, which will be a nice place on the shelf. But Thanks, I do Kelly. see I do <laughs> see shirts and posters and prints and all those little fun cards and things there's so many things you have a picture specifically in the b book of the world and the world is smiling and it's got this beautiful floral crown on and i think that that would uh, spread some joy so thank you
1: that's what it's all about
0: (laughs) the creative backstory wouldn't be possible without the support of juxtahub emmaus pennsylvania's arts and innovation center where people from all walks of life gather create and grow If you've been inspired by a creative person in your life or have a story about your favorite creative processes, we'd love to hear about it. Contact us at thecreativebackstory at gmail.com.